Amen. Well, I'm going to pray one more prayer because I'm on a roll. <laughs> and that is, I'm going to pray before I, I preach. And uh, because, Lord, uh, what we really want right now, every one of us came here tonight again because we want to encounter you. Uh, we, we love each other. It's wonderful to see each other. It's great to be part of family. And that's a big part of your plan, a huge part of your plan. And also, we, we deeply want to be touched by you. And so my prayer tonight, again, Father, is that there, there would be no heart here untouched, that every single heart um, that's come for something from you, a touch from you, encouragement, hope, whatever it is, God, that you will reach and touch each one. And so we say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and saturate our hearts and saturate the words, your word. <laughs> Let us encounter you tonight in a significant way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, this past uh, weekend, the um, six elders, uh, three pastor elder couples got away for the weekend and uh, we had a really uh, wonderful time. And, and uh, because there's some new people, I'll just tell you that the, it's my wife and I and, and Russ and Susan Folkler who are right here and Todd and Karina Lout who are over here. Um, and so uh, the six of us spent a lot of time. And one of the th- things we did, I mean, we went, first thing we did is we just went really deep in worship as we often do. And, and um, then we, we took some time to listen to the Lord, and we were asking specifically, God, is there anything you want us to focus on? What are, what are you up to, Lord, that we need to, you know, clue into, tap into, specifically for this year, for 2018? And um, uh, last year, I don't know if you know this, but, but really the, the Lord had given us a focus of um, a, encountering Jesus. Is that right? Revealing Jesus, that was it. I'm like, there was some other word, revealing Jesus. All about encountering and revealing. In other words, just basically falling in love with Jesus again. Like, let's take a good look at how beautiful he is again, how amazing he is. And we did a lot of that last year. And this year, as we were uh, talking together, we uh, first listening to the Lord and then kind of doing some whiteboard stuff and putting our, our, you know, our thoughts of what we think and believe the Lord was saying to us, there was just a lot of really wonderful, fun parallels of what we were receiving, and um, and it seemed like the overall message to us, uh, and what I want to preach on tonight, is trusting in Jesus as our Lord and our King. Um, in other words, what we were sensing is, and and if you've been here, you know, over the last several months, you've heard me talk about this, but I really believe that that uh, starting in the Jewish New Year, which was kind of end of September. Uh, something was shifting in Susanna and I, and there was an invitation to the Lord. And that the, the, the year, it's the year of the open door. And we really felt like this was God's invitation. Like there are some things we've been praying for decades. Um, Suzanne was reminding us earlier and, and that, that uh, even a couple weeks ago when we, were, when we did the New Year's Eve Eve and we sang some really old songs, you know, we sang some new ones and some really, you know, the, the ones that we've been singing for decades, if you've been around that long, crying out to God. And just how much it was causing her to, to sob and sob. And as we together were praying and she got in touch with that, it was, it was because there was just some of the promises, the old promises. When I say old, not old to God, but to us who are only around for this much time, it seems like it's been a long time. But that she was remembering and the Holy Spirit was bringing up, those promises are coming to pass. 
And, um, and so I'm just filled with a whole lot of hope. Um, and I believe it's an invitation from the Lord that, um, as I'm going to share about today, that for, for many of us, you know, we've, um, we've been captured, captivated by Jesus. We've, he's, we certainly know he saved us. And yet, because of what's coming and because the harvest is coming also, the harvest of, of souls, of sons and daughters that he so loves, he is absolutely getting our attention and saying, there, there's, there's some things coming down the pike that you've been praying for for a long time. Get your hearts ready because you've got to go with me to get there. You're going to have to go with me. And so that is, that is about the lordship. That's about the kingship. He is king. And in a culture like ours where we don't have a king, that doesn't really mean a lot to us. You know, we, we vote in presidents, and no matter who we vote, you know, half the country hates them. We, have, we, don't, we don't get it. We don't understand kingship at all. But I have friends in other countries who have kings, and oh, my goodness, they, there is an adoration. There is a deep respect. And, um, and, and one of you guys, if you remember Nabil, and he shared a little bit of the story, but the the princess visited their school in Jordan. Now, princess meaning married to the prince. So, so uh, what's that? Yeah, married to one of the princes of the royal family. So it was by marriage it was a princess. You know what I'm saying? Not a daughter of the, of the king and queen, but it was by marriage. And still, the, the reverence and the, you know, the respect and the admiration, and, you know, and they got to walk places with the queen and talk with her, and she actually talked to them. And they were just floored, you know? Do you see what I'm saying? We have no, that doesn't mean anything to us because we don't have that system here at all. But Jesus is the king of all kings and he walks alongside of us and he talks to us, but he's the king. He's the king. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. But before I do, I understand that while we're away, I understand that, you know, when the cat is away, the mice will play. I understand when the parents are gone, the teenagers had a party <laughs> that we had a, a joy fest last Saturday. And, um, and I know. And uh, but one of the things that Bill said is that this is the year of the dove, right? And so uh, the year of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not like you might be thinking, I thought you just said this was the year of Jesus as, you know, trusting Jesus as Lord and King. Well, guess what? They absolutely, everything comes together because Jesus is always going to, you know, he came to be the baptizer of the Holy Spirit, which we're going to see in just a minute. But also the Holy Spirit is always, you know, taking us back to Jesus and saying, let me actually show you who he really is. Because as we're talking about trusting him, we actually have to see him for who he is, not who we think we is, who we think he is. We have to see him for who he is. That means Holy Spirit's going to have to show us who he is, right? And then there's another word that, that I got, we got recently about joy, that, uh, that uh, God was telling us, and both Suzanne and I, that, that there's a key of joy that's coming, that actually that joy is a huge key to what he's unlocking right now. And, and really, Bill talked about this last week, and, and Suzanne and I, we didn't, um, we didn't know uh, what was happening last week. We, we listened to the podcast, and then I talked to Bill and found out. But for the last, really, week or two of the year, God was saying to both of us that joy is going to be a huge key right now um, to what God is bringing. And then, of course, you guys, you know, partied on joy last week, which is awesome. Um, and... Uh, 
But the reason why it's it, it's so important is uh, because, as you know, uh, without it, we get really heavy and we get way too serious. I understand there are serious things going on in the earth. I get it. But you see, we're, we are filled with joy because we belong to Jesus, because we're his. That's where our joy emanates from. It's not about circumstances. It's that we belong. We're his. He wants us. And, um, and that's something that the Holy Spirit brings. Uh, it's something Jesus brings. It's something Holy Spirit just oozes up and through us because, because Holy Spirit's really full of a whole lot of joy. Uh, Bill mentioned uh, last week about um, being at the Anaheim Vineyard with John Wimber, and I know that you know dates us who are older. But for those of us who have been around, you know, seeking the Lord for a long time, for for me, you know, very diligently seeking after Him for almost thirty years, like going after how deep can I go for thirty years? So. So in other words, wherever the, the hot spots were, wherever Holy Spirit was showing up, I went. It didn't matter where it was. And one of them was Anaheim Vineyard. And I remember, uh, similar to what Bill shared last week, I think, but I remember being there where, um, you guys know Doug Addison, many of you, because he comes here a lot. Well, he and I were both, you know, 30-somethings back then, you know, in the seats, like waiting for, we wanted so much, wanted Holy Spirit to show up. We just wanted to get rocked. And and there was a time where where suddenly John John Wimber would stop and he would say, oh oh, you know it's huge crowd, third, you know three thousand or whatever. He's like, Holy Spirit's moving, he's moving. Oh, it's starting over here, and and sure enough, and he's like he goes he says you watch what happens, it's going to sweep across, and it's you know and, and and oh my goodness, it's almost like you were in a if you were in a stadium and they're doing the wave, you know, and you know you know it's coming right. You can know it's coming, but you can't fake it if the Holy Spirit's either going to come or he's not going to come like a wave like that. But he was saying he was seeing it. And sure enough, you know, people are starting to, over here, people are watching, you know, like, well, that's interesting. And over here, they're starting to, like, laugh and and just, oh, my goodness, just be overtaken by the Spirit. And it starts coming and it starts coming. And we're about, like, over here somewhere. And I'm watching this going, what? Is this real? <laughs> Is this actually happening? Sure enough, it comes to our section and moves, and next thing I know, I am laughing and laughing where I can't stop, and I couldn't have made that happen if I tried, but, but believe me, I did not want to stop. Like, there was nothing in me that wanted to stop. Now, if this is unusual for you, that's okay. Like, the Lord, he gets us more and more ready. Like, you know, some of us were sticking a toe in, others, like, we're diving in. It doesn't really matter. Like, there's, there's no judgment. Nobody's more spiritual, nobody's better. It's just that he's always saying, there's more. There's more if you want more. Uh, I could go on with that story because it was really fun. But anyway, I'll stop there because that's a whole other story. Joy, joy is a key. And if you've lost your joy somewhere, start asking for it again. It's not like it's gone anywhere because it's the fruit of the Spirit. And the Spirit lives inside of you. But sometimes it gets, you know, doused and covered up by anxiety and fear and worry and um, just drudgery sometimes, you know, um, and we, we just forget, we forget how good the Lord is. So, um, so I want to look at tonight, I was thinking, okay, this is like kind of an intro into, into, um, trusting Jesus as Lord and King. And so I thought, well, where do we go? And I, and I, uh, I felt like the, the, the Lord directed me to go to, um, the beginning of Jesus ministry really when he was just showing up as an adult. And, um, and so we're going to start reading from John chapter one, starting in verse 29. Um, 
And this is, uh, I'm going to read this uh, from the Passion Translation. I've been so loving this translation. Um, And so here we go. It says, the very next day, John, that's John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming to him to be baptized. And John cried out, look, there he is, God's lamb. Now, before I go on, for him to say this is God's lamb, actually, his listeners would have already known what he was talking about. I'm just telling you, because most, most of them uh, would have been Jewish. They would have known all about the sacrificial system of the lamb that was slain, especially once a year you know, the, in the sacrificial system, so that there could be at least some uh, relief of guilt for a while, except the problem was the next day it started up again. You know, the guilt started mounting. They would know what that phrase was, but what would be new to them is this. He will take away the sins of the world. Now, that's new. That was not what the sacrificial system was about. It, it, it was a, it, and I'm not going to go into that right now. He will take away the sins of the world. That, that word take away actually means to, to lift off and, and remove it. Like, and it's the same word used actually when you're pulling up an anchor so that the boat can sail. Lifting off the weight so we get to go where he told us to go, where he wants us to go. John goes on, he says, I told you that a mighty one would come who is far greater than I am because he existed long before I was born. Now, this, John's his cousin. Remember, remember the whole story with Elizabeth and Mary pregnant at the same time? This is not the first time John, you know, saw, saw his cousin, you know. But what he's saying is, is, is he was, he's saying this is the great I am that you heard about through all of the Old T- Testament. Moses says, who should I say sent them when I'm going back to Pharaoh and demanding that they let us go? He says, tell them I am sent you. The one who was, who is, who is to come, who has always existed. John is saying right here, you guys, this is the I am. God told me he was coming. I didn't know it was my cousin till now. But this is the guy. Wow, I'm so feeling... Thank you, Jesus, you are the one. <laughs> John says, my baptism was for the preparation of, the, of his appearing to Israel, even though I have yet to experience him. See, he already knew him. He's saying, this is the first time I've experienced him. This is the first time I've known who he is. And here's why. It goes on and says, then as John baptized Jesus, John spoke these words. I see the spirit of God appear like a dove descending from the heavenly realm and landing upon him. And it rested upon him from that moment forward. This is new, you guys. Old covenant, Holy Spirit was around. It's not like he just showed up in the new covenant, but he came when, when he was needed, when, when a prophet prophesied, when somebody did something miraculous, he showed up, landed on them, helped them do what they needed to do in the supernatural. But this resting and staying, this is different. And even though I've, I've yet to experience him, when I was commissioned to baptize with water, God spoke these words to me. One day you will see the spirit descend and remain upon a man. This will be the one I have sent to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And now, John says, I have seen with discernment. I can tell you for sure that this man is the Son of God. Wow. Yes, Jesus. The very next day, John was there again. He's not going anywhere. 
He was there with two of his disciples as Jesus was walking right past them. And John gazing upon him. He's gazing on Jesus. He points to him and he says, look, there's God's lamb. And as soon as John's two disciples heard this, they immediately left John. They began to follow a short distance behind Jesus. And then Jesus turned around and he saw that they were following him and they asked. And he asked them. What do you want? What do you want? This is a big question. What do you want? See, he's, we know in a minute what they're going to say, but what he's asking is, why do you want to follow me? Are you wanting a ministry? Are you wanting to be important? Are you wanting a prayer answered? I've got a lot of people who want something from me. Or do you just want me? Here's their answer. Rabbi which means master teacher, where are you staying? (laughs) That's awesome. What do you want from me? Hey, where are you staying? Because we would really like to hang out with you. There is something about you. We don't know what it is yet, but whatever that thing is, we need to be around you. And Jesus said, well, then come and see for yourselves. So they went with him and they saw where he was staying. And since it was late in the afternoon, they spent the rest of the day with Jesus. How awesome is that? Come hang out. Let's do life together. Do you know the invitation is the same today for you? The very same. He says, what do you want? What do you want? I can bless you. If that's all you want, I'll do it. I love you. But I want so much more. Do you? Let's do life together. And then one of the two disciples who heard John's words and began to follow Jesus, his name was Andrew, he went and he found his brother Simon. See, what happens when we actually encounter Jesus, the real Jesus? We can't shut up about it. <laughs> I'm telling you, when we start in really, really interacting with his heart, when he, we start feeling his love, how, you know, Think about what we do when we, when we just find a product we like, you know, <laughs> something that actually works, you know, and all of a sudden people, other people have similar problems and we're like, oh my gosh, you've got to try this, right? <laughs> That's the way it's supposed to be with Jesus. Like, like you have got to try this. He's amazing. You will never go back to not knowing him again. So he goes and tells Simon and uh, he went and found his brother, Simon. He says, He says, we have found the anointed one. We found him, which is translated the Christ. And then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. And when Jesus gazed upon Andrew's brother, he prophesied to him. He said, you, you're Simon. And your father's name is John. And then just stand in Simon's shoes for a minute. He's like, all right, how did you know that? And okay, you've got my attention. Who are you? And he says, but from now on, you will be called Cephas, which means Peter the Rock. Now, go with me here. <laughs> I want to I modernize this a little. Sometimes we, we, we read the scriptures and it, you know, it's, it's even with the, the pictures I use, you know, that was something a long time ago, right? Well, just how about this? You're sitting in an environment, maybe such as this one, and someone just gives you an outrageous word, like a great word from God. 
and 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 I mean spectacular word. And you know, wow, this is good. Life's gonna. This is amazing. I get a fresh start in life. I've, I've, I see some purpose I didn't have before. And not only that, but you're feeling the Lord's presence, right? So now I'm, I'm going to go back to Peter, but I'm saying this is not as as far fetched as it or, or as old as it might sound. This is the same things we experience today. Peter receives this amazing word. I'm going to be a rock. I'm going to be a rock star. <laughs> I mean, that's solid. Like, this is good, you know? Uh, now, now, usually, again, you get, a, you get a word like that from somebody he wanted to follow. He knows this is, this is someone really important. I, they say he's the Messiah. I think I believe that. I need to hang around this guy. He says, this is your name. This is your father's name, okay? You have my attention. And here's your new name. Here's your new name. You're going to be a rock. Now, interestingly, Jesus is going to revisit this exact same prophetic word three years later. But you know what needs to happen first? Peter needs to actually find out who this person is still. Because choosing to follow Jesus doesn't mean that you suddenly know the depths of his heart. It's a journey. It's a journey. Keep going, keep going, keep going. So often we're, we're more concerned with where we think we are in life rather than who we're doing life with. And Jesus says, don't, don't be so concerned with where you think you are. Have you done enough? He says, enjoy me more. This is really the main part of the journey. The other stuff, that'll come. You'll, you'll do the, the, the great things of the kingdom. You'll love people. You'll even see powerful miracles once you get to know me and just know that it's my heart that flows through you. So, so do life with me. But here's the thing. Peter had to learn some things first, right? He had a lot of learning to do. Now, he had, uh, you know, there's three years of hanging out with Jesus. I can only imagine what that was like. You know, how many miracles did he see? Not just miracles, but watching Jesus interact with people. Watching Jesus interact with people who were ticked, you know, I'd use other words, but ticked with him and who wanted to kill him. You know, you're going to pay attention to that. You know what I mean? Like your adrenaline's going to be racing, pumping. Somebody wants to kill the friend you're with. How did Jesus respond to that? He had to learn so many things just watching Jesus. I thought about, I just, these are some of the ones that just came to my mind the other day when I was thinking about this. About um, Peter, when he was uh, with the disciples, remember the first time when Jesus sent them out? And then they come back and they're, they're ecstatic, you know, because the demons actually submitted to us in your name, just like you said they would. They were so happy. Jesus, it says, uh, was filled with this exuberant, crazy joy. Like there's the words, you know, in our scripture don't capture it at all. Um, you have to understand Middle East, you know, much more exuberant than we are here. And, and so here's what I imagine. I imagine they had your joy fire tunnel times 10. When they, seriously, when they returned, I could see Jesus like, this is great. You know, he's like, this is awesome, you guys. You went and did it. Look what happened. So there were times like that. There were times when Peter was out on the water. And, and here comes Jesus walking on the water. But, but Peter learned in that moment, he learned, he, learned he, he chose to step out in boldness, right? He learned boldness. He learned courage, which was awesome. But then as he gets out on the water, what happens? He starts sinking. Jesus is saying to him, this is my own words, but Jesus is saying to him, Peter, that was 
awesome that you even thought to step out of the boat. Good job. Guess what? You, you have some, you got a ways to go to know who I really am. What, why did you sink? You didn't actually uh, have enough faith. You didn't actually believe me, who I really was. That's when, when the fear started setting in and you forgot who I was, you started sinking. Failure? Not at all. Do you see it? Everything is a learning curve in, with Jesus. Everything. See, he, he was not upset with, there was no shame involved in this story. None whatsoever. I know he was extremely pleased with Peter. But he also is not afraid to teach us. And this is where we have to understand Jesus as our Lord. He's going to teach us things. Never, never angry. Never shaming you. Putting you in your place. You, I can't believe you did that. That's, you will never get that from Jesus. But he will teach you things. He will. Here's another one. They're, they're, they're moving along their day, right? Some, some people are saying some bad things about Jesus. Peter, uh, he says, I know what to do. Let's call fire down on him and God will smite him. Mm. Do you like that one, Jesus? And Jesus is like, ah, Peter, here's the thing. You know, your heart's really good, but you don't know what spirit that came from because that wasn't God. Now think about this just for a moment, though. I'm, I can imagine Peter a little bit like, what? Wait a minute. I read my scriptures. Elijah did that. And God thought it was a good thing back then. What if, you, you, what if, what if Jesus says, yeah, but that's not the way we're doing it anymore? This is a kingdom of love. Could that be? Could you, can Jesus do things differently? Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing. How are you going to know? Hmm, you got to hang around with Jesus. And you have to be filled with his spirit. If Jesus needed to be baptized with the spirit, which he did. Did you know that? He needed to be baptized in the spirit. The dove coming upon him as he was baptized in water was absolutely necessary. You say, how was it necessary? He's the son of God. Well, because he came to be fully human like us, and to say, how would this look if one person were fully submitted and yielded to Holy Spirit and filled with Holy Spirit, what would a life look like? And then he went and lived it for us. Which means we have the same access, but we need the same experience, the same encounter. We need Holy Spirit. But I'll share that a little bit more in a minute. Back to Peter. So, um, so he had a lot of things to learn after three years after three years with Jesus, um, they get to a place where Jesus asks them, who do you say that I am? I'm shortening the story for time, but who do you say that I am? I know, I, okay, you say this person says that, that person says this, great. Who do you, who have been hanging out with me, been pouring my life into you, I want you to see who I am, who do you say that I am? And Peter replies, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, yes! Good job, Peter. And he says, there's only one place you could have gotten that from. That's from my dad, from my father. He's the only one who could have given you that insight. Which means what? Peter, you're growing up. Your spirit in three years, you're figuring out who I am. You're listening to my spirit. You're operating in the spirit. You're getting it, Peter. Right? Now, the very next thing he says to him, if you can go to the next one, next slide. 
Matthew 16, verse 18, and Jesus says, and I'm going to start, I'm going to read this in four translations. You'll see why in a minute, starting with King James Version. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's a scripture a lot of us who are older grew up with. The NIV would be kind of the next generation. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. But I want to tell you that um, the, the, the words, and especially the word for the church, is still being unlocked today to give this passage more meaning than we ever thought it could have. The voice says, this is why I have called you Peter, the rock, for on this rock I will build my church, and the church will reign triumphant even at the gates of hell. There is something about that word that, again, doesn't get translated in when it says the church. It's actually ecclesia. It doesn't translate really into just the church. There's so much more to it. But one of the, one of the aspects of it is that it's a triumphant church. You've got to know that. It's not just the church. It's triumphant. It's overcoming. It's victorious. And then if you go to the next one, the Passion Translation, I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church. My legislative assembly and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. Now we're getting closer and closer to what that word means unpacked, which is that we, when he says, Peter, you got it right. And as long as, long as you know that I am the Lord, your Lord, the Son of God, the Messiah, there is nothing that's going to stop you. And so much so that my church is going to have my legislative authority from heaven to usher in the kingdom. We're not talking about filling up church buildings right now. We're talking about actually um, influencing every sector of society with the goodness of God, with the love of Jesus, with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's called us to, you guys. This is, this is what we've been called to. So I, I'm just reading that to you because I'm telling you now, this was after three years of Jesus hanging around him. And Jesus says, since, since now you've understood who I am, you're getting it, you're living life in the spirit. Let me tell you what this is going to mean. And he gives him, and he, and, he, and he goes back to the word he gave him three years prior. You're the rock, and this is what I meant by that when I saw you three years ago. But now you're in a different place where I can tell you more. Now you'd be thinking, Peter has arrived, right? I mean, he got the word again. You know when you get a word a second time? Come on. Now it's all going to happen. You know, you, you got locked. You were locked and loaded. You're good to go. So what happens next? Ah, you know, that's when the whole thing, he denies Jesus three times. Bummer. But do you, I actually love this because, because this is our story. Is it not every story of everyone in this room? We, we get encouraged by, he comes and finds us. He says, come follow me. Come on, it's really what your heart wants. He tells you who you are and you live it for a while and you have some successes and some failures and then you forget it for a while and he tells you again and then you might deny him. And he says, I know, but I love you anyway. I'm not letting you go. He comes after you again. He says, get up. Let's go. We got some more, we got some more sheep to love. We got some more people to go, to go bless. Get up. It's our story too. And then here's the cool thing. You ready for this? I'm going to read this. This comes out of my book. Um, 
always loved. But, but this, this is what happens next. So, so Peter's got all these trials. Jesus, you know, he denies Jesus. Jesus restores him. But check this out. In Acts chapter 2, after the Holy Spirit comes in power, it's Peter who gets up and preaches to the crowd. And 3,000 people come rushing into God's kingdom that day. I'm going to read more to you. But the reason why this is so significant is because when you feel like you're not doing well, when you feel like you have let the Lord down, you've forgotten who you are, you're actually, you're never disqualified. But in those moments when you're not feeling it and you think you're out of the game, you're actually in those moments disqualifying yourself. I'm not saying you're disqualified. Hear, Hear me. I'm just saying that's what it feels like to you. But I'm saying Jesus will come back to you and say, no, 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 no. There's no outs here. (laughs) Get back up. Keep going. And when you do, you watch. There's going to be more fruit. Even after you thought, I blew it so bad, the Lord will never choose to, you know, to use me to bless people again. Oh, no, no. That's not the deal. Listen to this. Acts chapter 3. It's Peter and John who stretch out their hands and heal the crippled man at the gate called Beautiful. And it's Peter who once again speaks to the crowds. And 2,000 more people are drawn into God's kingdom. That's not such a bad catch, huh? In Acts chapter 4, Peter is no longer bound by fear or unbelief. Remember his earlier trials? He is put in prison for preaching the good news of Jesus. And even when threatened with his life, he continues to tell the enraged council about Jesus. Is that the same Peter? Yes, it is. But it's one who is restored and restored and told who he was and told who he was by Jesus until he believed it. In Acts, in Acts uh, chapter 5, the power and glory of God is pouring out of Peter. Even his shadow is healing people. In Acts chapter 9, it's Peter who heals a paralytic. And as a result, everyone in two different towns want to follow Jesus. In Acts chapter 9 also, it's Peter who raises a woman from the dead. And many in the town of Jaffa choose to believe in Jesus. Peter ends up so free from his past fear and doubt that he is sleeping soundly between two guards while imprisoned in jail when an angelic jailbreak then sets him free. I want to share a little bit of my story and then I'm going to um, just find out what responses you might have in your heart. Um, This is going to be a very shortened version, but when I was, uh, I, I actually gave my life to Jesus and started following him when I was in junior high at a camp, a Christian camp. And uh, it was a very profound experience. It really was. So I was, I was saved when I was about, I don't know, 12 years old. And um, like a lot of people, I kind of, uh, my, like a lot of stories, um, I, there were times where I was really close to him, but then also a lot of wandering away times. And especially, I would say, my last year or two of high school, first year or two of, of college was kind of the years when I strayed the most, where I just kind of did what I wanted to do um, and, uh, you know, made very poor choices for sure. And it was along the way that this is where I would just say, like, just like, just like Jesus came and got Peter again, this was one of those times where he came and found me again and said, mm, it's not, you're not going to get out of this so easy. Uh, you gave my heart, you gave your heart to me, you know, when you were this old, you were already mine. I will never let you go. And so it was my, uh, my uh, sophomore, junior, I think it was junior year of college, somewhere in there, that uh, another, another church camp, this was a college, college group, and um, on that weekend, Jesus just gripped my heart, and I realized that I had said 
I'd said that, you know, I was following Jesus, but I was really doing what I wanted to do. And so I would say that for me, that, that weekend was the moment where I began to understand lordship. He was always my savior. But I began to understand lordship. Like, oh, wow, I have choices. And, um, and I, want to, I really want to be close to you, Jesus. So I want to, I want to start making different choices with your power. Uh, a few years after that was when I was in seminary now, and it's where I encountered uh, where Jesus baptized me in the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, it was, it was a dramatic encounter. Um, I say dramatic, not like I was, you know, thrown 50 feet. I don't mean that kind of drama. But I just mean it was unmistakable. Like I was, um, I, I had grown up in churches that really didn't talk about Holy Spirit as a personal, you know, as, as someone you could actually encounter. And so... So that really didn't, I didn't have an understanding of that. But once I started to, to uh, this group that was explaining it to me, uh, something in me was hungering for it. And I said, Lord, if this is real, I want it. See, none of us want to be duped, right? We don't want, it's like none of us like that. Uh, we don't want to be fooled. But if it's real, oh, I got to have this. And that's all the Lord needed. And I remember as, as they were praying over me, I mean, just, you know, the, I started feeling little, little flittery, something joy, <laughs> peace, something in my head. And it just started to filter down. And the next thing I know, I'm just, it's overflowing. And I, um, and I, was, and I was speaking in tongues, and, which was a brand new experience for me. And uh, it was a dr- very dramatic encounter. Interestingly, just like with Jesus, even though I had that initial encounter with Holy Spirit, it would take me years and years to really find out who he was and how to, how to actually enjoy him and partner with him. And it's all okay. I'm also what I'm telling you is it's okay. You're on a journey. So don't beat yourself up if you're not where you want to be. But I'm saying keep going. And I'm saying how much do you want? There's so much more. There's so much more. Ah. <sighs> Um, I made plenty of mistakes along the way. I still do. And he still loves me. But his goal is that he wants me to love with his love. He wants me to, um, you know, see what he sees when he looks at people, see the treasures. He wants me to help people get free and healed up. And you know what? By his grace and because of his, the difference he's made in my life, it's happening more and more and more. And here's what I also want to say, um, especially if, you, if, you're, if you're like, um, you know, I, I think probably most of you in this room, you've encountered times where you've, you know, you've seen Jesus operate through you where you get to love somebody and bless someone and you see the, the good it brings. Here's what I want to say to you is don't give up. The, if, if you don't quit, you win. He's already, you've already won. If you're in Christ, you've already won. This, I'm not talking salvation right now. I'm talking about what your life is for and what, it, what it's all about and feeling like, feeling like you're alive. What makes you alive? Well, you, what makes you alive is the very reason he lives in you to make a difference the way he created you. And you're going to do it unlike anybody else. So don't be looking at somebody else and going, oh, well, they have, you know, they're doing it this way. They're in their, in their uh, workplace and doing this Bible study and they're healing people. And I'm only over here, you know, loving on this one person at a time. No, don't look at it that way. You just be you and you do it the way the Lord says, but keep going. Just don't give up. Keep going. Keep loving on the one. And if you haven't done that for a while, if you haven't like really reached out to people, just ask him, Lord, tenderize my heart. Because I've kind of gotten away from, from uh, you know, you're first and foremost here to be loved, but then 
as he loves you, you're also here to love and to bless. And so if you've gotten away from that, just ask him. Say, Lord, I tenderize my heart again because I really want to be encountering more people. I just want to be loving whoever I'm with. And one last thing I'm just going to say is that um, many of you, most of you in this room know my, my story, so I'm just going to say it this way, that, that about, uh, about 20, 17 years ago, something, 18 years ago, I, I, um, I'm going to say it this way. I crash-landed a plane, which really isn't true. I, it's not, not for reals. I, what I did is, is um, I, I, I crashed the first church plant that I had before this one. And, um, and it was a very painful experience. It was one of those times in life where I felt like a real big failure, a huge failure to God. And it was in those moments, the tenderness of God coming to me and saying, Son, I love you because I love you, because I love you, because you're mine. And it was in, that, it was in those times, it was a couple months of just going through great disappointment. And, and, and you know, a life dream. Hey, I got my shot at a life dream. Wow, God, will you ever even trust me again to do this again? Well, you're sitting in a church now that's 16 years old. He will trust you again. But, but there's some things, because he's Lord, there's things he's going to teach you along the way. He says, yeah, that was really painful. Let's take a look at your heart together. He's talking to me. Let's take a look at your heart together. See, it isn't just about, well, I crash landed, so Jesus, tell me everything's okay. He's like, I will tell you everything's okay because it is, because I love you. But let's learn some things in this. I have some things I want to teach you. And so one of the things he taught me, for example, is you cannot find your identity in being a pastor ever again. Your only identity is in being my son. That's it. And this is a word for everybody in this room. This isn't whether you're a pastor or not. You cannot find your identity in what you do. If, if that's where you're trying to find it, have I done enough? Have I enough school? Have I, have I arrived where I want to work in the workplace? Whatever it is, if that's, your, if that's how you're finding your identity, this is what your life's going to look like all the time. Never ending. Because on a good day, you feel good, and on a bad day, you feel pretty crappy. There's only one way out of that trap, and that is your, your one identity is I am loved, because I'm loved, because I'm loved, because I'm loved, because Jesus says so. And then he restores you, and he says, it's okay. Yep, you made some mistakes. Let's look at your heart. Where did that come from? What, what was the pain inside there? What, what's going on? See, he always wants to go after the deeper things, never to shame you. Have you heard me say that yet tonight? Never to shame you, ever. But because he loves you. And he says, I got a goal in mind, and I'm going to make you just like me, and you're going to love just like I do. But it's going to be a process, so keep going. Keep going. And I want to end tonight. Um, there's a, I don't know if, if you remember, but years ago, probably about in the, uh, 90s in the 90s there was a there was a, a video series that came out and it was of Jesus um, it was the out of, out of the book of Matthew it was word word you know verse by verse of Matthew the thing is is that the um, uh, the actor who played it was was the reason this Jesus film was so different do you remember some of the old Jesus films they were depressing you know thus saith the Lord and, you know, Jesus was always like a little bit ticked, you know. 
Um, and really troubled, you know, he didn't like understand what was going on. If you look at some of the old movies, they're really interesting. Anyway, um, okay, not seeing it here, but, but uh, I wanted to say the actor's name and I, I wrote it down somewhere, but it's not here. It's okay. But this actor was um, spirit-filled. Have we mentioned how important it is to be filled by the Spirit? Because he brings all the goodies of heaven. Holy Spirit brings all the yumminess of Jesus to you. So that, so that it, is, it isn't the striving thing. It's just him through you. Well, so this actor um, was spirit-filled. And so he's so full of joy and so full of love and so full of life. Um, and, and the way I'm going to play for you the very last verse, last three verses of Matthew. Um, where he basically sends us, you know, and says, all, all authority has been given to me, so go and baptize the nations, and, and I will always be with you to the end of the age. I'm telling you that ahead of time because this, this is what I mentioned, that yes, we first and foremost, we come to Jesus because we need him. That's, that's the Savior part. We need him. Our life was a mess, wasn't it? And, and some of you, in just a moment, I'm just going to ask, I'm going to ask I, just as many people as you want to come forward after this video. Some of you, if, if you've never chosen to follow Jesus make it tonight. Just, just come follow him. He's so good. He's, when you said earlier, Bill, about a, 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 new, a, honeymoon, a second honeymoon, the way I interpreted, the way the Spirit interpreted that, that to me was, if you had the chance to do it all over again with Jesus, would you? Oh, just, it just started melting my heart. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I wouldn't have it any other way. And if you think about a second honeymoon, a lot of times it comes with doing a renewal of vows. And really, that's what renewal of vows is, is, oh, man, honey, yep, we've had our struggles. We've had ups and downs. It's been tough at times. But you know what? If I had it to do over again, I would absolutely do it all over again. And that's, so tonight also, um, I, I want us to, we got some room up here, and I want us, after this video, I, there's several things I feel like the Lord wants to do, but I'm just saying already, I'm, I'm kind of cluing you in, that if, if either you've never followed Jesus, I think probably most of you in this room have long since made that decision, but maybe if you're just feeling like I, he just feels distant, like I want to feel this closeness, I want to I wanna feel what you're saying, I, wanna, I want, but I'm not, I'm not there right now. Or I've just kind of lost my zeal for him and for life. Just come on up. Because there's, again, this is a place where there's zero shame. There's nothing like that. We're just going to love and bless each other and uh, go deeper with the Lord. So let's enjoy this one. I don't want to ruin the ending for you, but I love it. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age
come on, he says. Come on, come on, come on. So um, I hope you're crying. I am. But I, I just want you to come forward. If you, if you, I'm just going to pray with you, with whoever, come on up. And um, uh, once again, just um, let Jesus tenderize your heart again tonight. If you're just feeling like, I just need that. I need tender, tenderizing. I need, I need Jesus. I need a fresh encounter. I need something. I need something. I need something more, Jesus. I need to feel your love like I haven't felt it in a long time or maybe ever before. So don't, again, don't be bashful. Just, just if you want more, just come on up. More, Jesus. just says to each one of you, he says, I'm right here. 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 And I love you. And I want you, as we're up here together, (laughs) and the Spirit of God is right here hovering and, and rushing through each one of you right now. And Jesus just says, tell me again. Tell me again, Jesus. I want to follow you. Just tell me again, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to go where you go. I want to experience your love. I want to see the tenderness in your eyes towards me. Just tell him again, tell him again, Jesus, if I had to do it all over again, I would. There's nowhere else I would rather be. you were born. I knew you before you even knew to come to me. And I have been seeking you out your entire life, and I still am. And I say to each one of you, I say you are my treasure. You are my delight. You are the reason I went to the cross, because I had to have you. taking each one of you on a journey with me with me and I'm telling you the pressure is off because we're going to do life together we're going to enjoy so much more and by the power of my spirit by the power of my spirit I'm releasing into you a greater awareness a sensitivity to my heart. You're going to know. You're going to know I'm right here. You're going to know it all the time. You're going to know it in your conversations. You're going to know it wherever you are. Jesus is right here with me. You're going to feel me. And I declare that to you. This is Jesus declaring it to you. I will not leave you as orphans. I cannot. I will not. You are mine. You are mine. And so this is going to be a new season. There are new doors open for you. 
I am declaring it right now. There are new doors open for you. And these are doors of increased intimacy. Increased intimacy. And doors of refreshed and new joy. New places of joy. So right now, with the authority that I have, I cancel any assignment of heaviness over you in the name of Jesus. Anything that would be designed to to discourage you or keep you from experiencing the fullness of Jesus. Declare it to go. Just blow away the clouds. Whoa. Any clouds of discouragement any clouds of shame of judgment that is not the Lord any lies deception of self-hatred and self-condemnation I'm saying it has no hold on you in Jesus name in Jesus name you are free you are free to love yourself you are free to love yourself with his love you are free to see yourself the way he sees you wow as his precious one as his joy you are his joy you are his delight (laughs) thank you Father thank you Father so Father I'm just declaring right now for all of your children that this is a year where they encounter you in ways they never dreamed possible where they're going to encounter an intimacy with you like their heart has longed for Father thank you Father thank you Father thank you now you who are here just for a moment stay and just listen to what I'm going to say and others if you're out there and what I say applies to you would you come forward and join them and if it doesn't feel like it's you you can, you can go sit that's fine but I felt like tonight that the Lord wants uh, not wants to but he is going to bring um, freedom freedom in any areas where you're feeling stuck where you're feeling um uh, oppressed, where you're feeling uh, maybe it's addictions, it could be shame, it could be all kinds of things, but there's, there is often, and if this is feeling like you, already start making your way up, because I'm going to pray over you. I feel like something extremely powerful is going to happen here tonight. Wow. So I saw this picture. Let me just share this vision before I, before I uh, pray for you. I saw this picture, and, and in it I saw a person and it was a way in which they were struggling with something. They were struggling. And um, it, it could even even be things like unforgiveness, things you just can't seem to let go of, anything like that. And I saw the Lord showed me that there was, there was a, a spirit, an evil spirit that was like hovered over them, only this thing was like several times bigger than this person, meaning it was pretty, it was pretty imposing. Um, and so I looked at that, and of course that doesn't look good, right? But the next thing I saw, and this is what I, I want to leave you with this picture. The next thing I saw was Jesus was over this thing several hundred times over this thing. is bigger than this thing. And he had his foot right over this thing's head. Like he's about to crush it. But he says this in this vision. He says, 
ask me to crush it. Do you see, this is where our participation comes in. He is more than able, more than willing, whatever seems so big in your life that seems to be holding you back, uh, that seems to be oppressing you, that seems to be, um, you know, tearing you down, anything like that. Yeah, there are often, there can be spirits involved. But look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. And he says to you, would you like me to crush that thing? That's his question to you. Would you like me to crush that thing, that addiction, that unforgiveness, the bitterness, the pain, whatever it is, the lethargy, would you like me to crush that thing? He says, then ask me. I want you right now to ask me, say, Lord Jesus, would you crush this thing? Would you take it off of me right now? was good that the light just came on because that's what's happening right now light 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 so i'm declaring freedom over you and what i love about this is that is that jesus is asking us like this is not i'm not laying hands on you this is jesus saying ask me to do this and i'm and i'm empowering each one of you and and because we've been talking about this vivid ongoing alive relationship with jesus he's right here with you in all of it don't forget to ask him ask him jesus take this thing off me the enemy wants to make it look like shame he wants to make it look like it's your problem and that you're 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 just an awful person that's a lie that's a lie jesus says i love you so anytime you come up against something ask me and I will crush it. Ask me, ask me, ask me. So thank you, Father. I declare freedom. Whoa, freedom. 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 Wow, I declare freedom in your life. Freedom. Whoa, freedom. I declare freedom. 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 I declare freedom. Whoa. I declare freedom. 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 Wow. Freedom. Declare freedom, 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 declare freedom, 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 declare freedom, whoa, thank you, Father, freedom, I declare freedom over you. Freedom in Jesus' name. I give you freedom, freedom. I give you freedom. And I just want to, I want to, there's one more thing I felt led to do tonight. 
It's just so good, though, you guys. This is, this is um, I know we don't always have a church service to go to, you know. Um, I love it when we're together, but I'm just saying the things we encounter here are actually just giving you permission to please try this at home. Because he goes home with you. You don't need a church service to do these things. This is just getting us back in touch with what's ours, right? This is our inheritance. And so um, the last several months, my spirit has just become so much more alive. And one of the things that's happening is I have so many more dreams. And the Lord's been talking to me a lot through them and teaching me things. And in one of them, I just want to share this because I want us to do something together, okay? And we bless you, children. I'm glad you're here. So um, that is this. The dream, in a nutshell, I won't tell you the long version, but the short version, meaning the interpretation, is that Jesus is, is ready to lay a, a, new, a new floor, a new foundation for us. Like, like some, of, some of our floors, what we've been standing on, have, have not been, you know, they've not been real pretty, they've been, and they've been uneven. And, and he says, no problem, I'll put a new floor. I'll, I'll give you some solid footing again. I'm ready to do that. But in this dream, there was stuff everywhere on the floor, like stuff. You know, like should be in a hoarder's kind of show, you know? And so, and so we were bringing in bags just to bag everything up because we were trying to get it out of the way because I was working on the floor with a good friend of mine. And as, but here's the thing, is that my friend said to me, bummer, because this guy, the owner of the house, he's, he's paying us to do his new floor, but unless he really deals with the junk, it's not going to upgrade his house much at all. So I'm I'm just saying this. Remember, no shame, no condemnation. This isn't about anything. This is just about saying, Jesus, are there any things that I need to bag up, not to put in a closet, but to give to you? Because he's laying something new for you. This is a this is gonna be a great year. I'm telling you, this is gonna be a great year of of increase of of um rapid growth of intimacy and love with Jesus, rapid growth this year. So if there's anything, just let him, just for a moment, stop. Because it could be things, again, it could be old ways of doing things. It could be uh, old habits. It could be, um, you know, unforgiveness. Things that, you know, just you've just hung around for a long time that really you don't want anymore. Because we've already said, you know, we said Jesus crushed this thing, crush anything that's trying to, to uh, take me out or take me down. Well, that's that's awesome, and he's more than happy to do this. This is now what we're talking about is more of a you and Jesus heart time. Like, Jesus, is there anything, just ask him, is there anything I'm carrying around that's, that's going to be junk in the way of where you're taking me? Just ask him that. Jesus, is there anything, anything I'm still carrying, any old stuff that, that really I don't want anymore that I could just give to you? And let Holy Spirit talk to you just for a minute. Jesus stands before you. And this is, this is you and Jesus' time right now. Jesus stands before you and he says, are you ready for me to take those? Because the floor that I'm constructing for you is really solid. It's, 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 this is going to be quite a building year for you. But I'm really asking, would you, would you give me would you give me the old things? Would you give me the things that really shouldn't be going into this new place with us? And he holds out his hands and, and you look and you see that there's actually scars in there because it's your resurrected Jesus who's 
still uh, showing the scars because he did go to the cross for you. And he says, these, these scars are proof that, that I already paid for that. So would it be okay with you if I took that from you? And if so, would you just hand over, just hand over the things that he's just showed you. Just hand them over. Say, Jesus, I, I really don't want these anymore. They, it's been exhausting. That's not even who I am. And some of you, if you're just being honest with him, which is always a good thing, you might say to him, Jesus, I'm willing to give you these three bags, but this one over here, I, I'm really scared to give that to you because it's been a part of me for so long, I don't even know what I would do without it, even though I know it's not good for me. See, Jesus loves that kind of honesty because, because then he says to you, I, I get it. I, I actually know that. I'm so glad you just told me the truth. Um, because that's when we can really connect hearts is when you're just open with me. So tell you what, he says, let's, let's go through that bag together. Let's you and I go through it together and let's look at, at the heart issues of what, of what really is in there, where, where the depth of that pain is coming from. And for some of you, that's going to be a process that will last quite a while. For some of you, maybe a short while. And for some of you, you're, you, you may not feel any of that and that's totally fine. But see, this is where Jesus has a walk with each one of us that's different. And he's so loving and he's so kind. And he's always inviting. He's always inviting. Wouldn't you rather, wouldn't you rather have something more? So Jesus, thank you tonight. Thanks for meeting with us and for being such a sweet, sweet Savior. But also, Jesus, we acknowledge that, that we, this is a year where we get to learn to trust you trust you in a way we've never trusted you before as our Lord and to, and to admonish you to, to be um, in a sense starstruck in, in the best way possible with you as a king of all kings where we would be on our faces before you when we see royalty stepping into the room Lord let it be this kind of a year for us and thank you that that's your plan and your intention and God thanks that you're getting our hearts ready for something that's so much bigger than we understand even when we go through the motions and forget what it's kind of all about, you don't ever forget that you've come, Jesus. You died for the sins of the world. And Father, you will not rest until every child is back home. So thank you, God, that you would trust us to do that. Take us to good, good, good places this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Hold it. Hold on. I feel like the Lord wants to do some more. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask for the elders to come up here, and I want Diane also to come up over here. The Lord just wants to do some more healing. I just want you to just to like just kind of reach your hands out over them because we're going to be doing this thing. Just reach reach your hands out over them. Father, we come before your throne right now. And we ask, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to rebuke any forces, any any cosmic forces, any beings 
that have been assigned to these people and to their lives. Whoa! Thank you, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you would just silence them, that you would say, be silenced and be rebuked. Rebuke them, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord rebuke you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And Father, we ask, Lord, that you, and also we ask, Father, for complete freedom and cleansing and healing of any demonic forces, anything that would be attacking them, Lord. We rebuke you in Jesus' name, and we command you to let go. We command every harassing spirit to let go of these people, to leave them alone. Leave them alone. Back off. Holy Spirit, come to each person right now. Thank you, Lord. We declare each person a sanctuary of your presence, of your spirit, Lord, and nothing else. No harassing spirits. Back off. Whoa. In Jesus' name, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. You are covered with the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And sometimes it's hard to let go of these things because they're so familiar. And it, it was, we were never even aware when we made these decisions sometimes. We, we definitely didn't do it on purpose. So I'm just asking right now, Jesus, where the thing seems so familiar and so just always there, like, how am I going to go on without this? It's been a source of, some sort of source of strength. It's, it's served a purpose. So right now, Jesus, would you just reveal to these ones, hi, <laughs> what you are offering in yourself. The everything about who you are, you are offering in exchange. The unconditional love, the love that is always enough. The love that meets you in every point of weakness and incompleteness. acceptance that always smiles upon your life and understands to the depths of who you are exactly who he says you are. So would you show them now, Lord, the light you would place into any darkness. How? I just want you to lift out, lift up one hand up to the Lord. Just one hand, like you're going to receive something from Him. And what that is, He's going to place in your hand right now some keys to each one of you. And I ask Lord that you would just put these keys. And I see that He's giving each of you keys to unlock the stuff that's whatever kept you trapped or stuck or whatever. Keys of insight, keys of understanding. May the eyes of your heart be open. May the ears, whoa, may your ears be opened. 
to receive insight and understanding and to walk away freed by truth. So we release truth, your individual truth that works for each of you. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here it comes. Receive. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. say, come Holy Spirit and fill my brothers and sisters. This is fill. Reveal the love of Jesus to them as they've never known before. Just fill them, Holy Spirit. Come. Ravish their hearts. Overwhelm them. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. We invite you. We invite you, Holy Spirit. 